Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Anyway, here we go. Can I talk to you tonight about a little picture that I got in my head a few months ago? And um, I get lots of pictures in my head. Some of them are good. Some of them are weird. Some of them are just random. But um, this picture, I believe, was a, a bit of a vision from God. And as time went on, a message came out of it that was personal for me. And I believe as time has gone on, I actually believe it's also for the church and for you as well. So it's quite challenging. And I it really... Um, follows on a little bit too from yesterday when I spoke to the the women of this church and that was just a great afternoon and just want to thank you for um, for making your hospitality in this place just has been overwhelming it's been beautiful and talk about where you guys live it's a feast for the eyes wherever you go you just can't help but just go oh wow look at that wow I think I've said that a million times with Ross every time I get in the car oh wow babe look at that sunset oh wow babe have you seen oh wow it's like New Zealand it's so green like it's just like so um don't ever get comfortable with where you live because it's I think it's a bit of a bit of heaven on earth for um, you so it's been lovely for us to we've actually felt so refreshed by being here so thank you and thank you for just for the warmth of your people it's been amazing and it's been great to get to know you a little more excited to hang out with the young adults tonight and eat and party after this but before we do let me just let me just share very briefly this little picture that I got in my head and I think it's going to be on the screen not my name but this little picture that's what I got one morning as I woke up I just saw very clearly in my head, just before I started the day, just before I got out of bed, just before the coffee went on, it was just like, I got this very clear picture of a little white church. It was on a, like, a a foundation like that. Just, it was very, wasn't green. It was quite dirty. The foundations were the church and this big construction thing across the front door. And I was like, that's really weird. And then, you know, for me, it was just like, oh, well, God, you're speaking to me. It's very clear. It's a church under construction. You don't have to be, you know, basic 101 for me. And I, and that was it. I just let it go. I'm like, yep, your church is under construction. It was around the COVID time. I'm like, yep, God, you're doing a new thing. You're, you know, blah, blah. And it would not leave me. And as time went on, I started to think about what this picture could maybe mean to my life or to me. And was God trying to say something? Was the Holy Spirit trying to ignite something in me? And he was and basically it was for me it was just like Kath you're kind of like that little white church where we present ourselves so well but sometimes our foundations can be a little bit murky sometimes our foundations and what this little house can be putting their foundations on can sometimes not be as pure as what God is demanding of us. And I felt him challenge me personally to the foundations of my life. And I was like, and I felt like he was like, the church is white, it stands for purity, and the church is pure, but maybe God wants to just go a little bit further and start to mess with our foundations a little bit. Maybe there's a deeper level of purity that I have for you as your daughter, as your son. Maybe there's a deeper level that I want you to walk into and almost like that construction across the front door, will you open the door and say yes to me or will you retract back and go, no, I'm really happy with the foundations that this little white church is sitting on right now. 
Can I ask a question to you today? Because as I look across this room, I don't see anyone that's very unattractive. You all have dressed up for the occasion and all of you are just got beautiful smiles on your faces. Well, most of you, some of you are yawning. So can you please stop? <laughs> just for my sake, I won't rave, I promise. You know, but as you look across, it's almost like you've got this little white, gorgeous little church that that is your temple, that is your little frame. And my question to you is, what are the foundations like? What's underneath the surface? Is it green? Is it lush? Is it full of the presence of God and His Word? As Shane was talking about the power of journaling, I absolutely subscribe to that 100%. In fact, this message has changed my life to the degree, to the degree my husband would even um, submit to this or agree with this that I've journaled like nothing, nothing else before in my last two years of my life. Absolutely will not miss a day of reading the Word of God and will hardly miss a day of journaling. And um, I know it's changed my life and it's come out of this message. Being challenged with, Kath, what's underneath the surface? And is it sustainable? Is it, is it going to make it through the rough times? Is it going to make it through when the trials and the tests come? Job was a prime example of this. Job 23.10, it says this, but he knows the way that I take. I read that and it was like God was saying to me, I know the way that you take, Kathy. I know the way that every single person sitting in every single seat, I know the way that you are taking right now. You can't fool him. You can't put it over him. We can to each other, but underneath the surface, he knows the way that I take. And he pays attention to it. When he has tried me, I hate that line. When he has tried me, I will come forth as refined gold. Pure, there's that word, and luminous. So to be purified takes a process. To travel along the road that God wants us to take, all of us as, as believers and as disciples of Jesus who want to serve Him with our whole heart, all of us will come to a crossroads, a construction site, a place where all of a sudden we come up against something, some kind of test, some kind of trial, some kind of pain in our life where we will have a decision to make. Do I work on these foundations of my life in this test as Job did so I'll be purified and come as gold? Or do I step back and allow the foundations of my life to be like they've always been and just try and get through it? And I felt God say to me that I want to work on your foundations that you'd become as pure as gold. And the only way that I will find a beautiful, precious stone, they are in the foundations of the earth. They have to be dug to find. 1 Corinthians talks about you can, um, your life can be, I'll read it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3.11, but if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, with silver, get this, with precious stones, what are you building your life on? What is the foundation of your life on? We say it's the Word of God. We say it's our commitment to church. Is it really? Is it really? Or is it wood? hay, straw, each one's work will be clearly shown and only precious stones are found within the deep soil of the earth where the hard work has to go in to find the gold. Only those stones, diamonds are another 
prime example. The only way my life can count for anything is to be tested and tried and to come forth as pure gold. As I started to look into this, it took me to a scripture, scripture, and this is where I want to stop tonight. Because what needs to be purified in your life? What needs to be purified in my life? Can I ask you what's of value to you? What is important to you? What are the, the precious stones in your life? What do they look like? If they were poked, if, they were, if, they, if you were asked about what is something that would be very, very hard for you to release, what would be the things that come into your mind? For you and I, it's so different. Because what you value, I could maybe very easily give away. What I value, you may very easily be able to give away. You may be able to be tried and tested in this area and it won't worry you at all. But for me, to be tried and tested in a, in a different area, it's probably the hardest thing that I could go through. Each and every one of us is different. Each and every one of us, our foundations are different and the trials and the testings are always different. But there are always trials and they're always testing and it's because God wants to purify you and to build the foundations of your life that you would come forth as gold. There's a beautiful scripture, Psalm 126 verse 5. And it's where I want to just camp for a few minutes. It just simply says this. They that sow in tears. They that sow, as in there's a releasing. You have to sow to reap. So as you're sowing in tears, I don't like that either. But then it says this, shall reap in joy. But then it says this. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing or in the Amplified Bible, it talks about carrying his precious seed. And I stopped right there when I saw that word, precious seed. All of us know the scripture, he that, you know, as you sow, you sow you, therefore you shall reap. We train our kids with that, right? If you sow anger, then anger's going to come back on you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We try and train our children. What you sow, you will reap. What you, what you give will come back to you. So make sure that you're giving out of the right things. And as I read this, it's like, okay, they that sow in tears, that's interesting. Why do we always sow in tears? What does that mean? Because to sow something that's precious is not easy. To sow precious seed means it's precious. It's a value. It means something to me. And then the scripture says this, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. It's okay, there's the happy part right there. Bringing his sheaves with him. And I'm like, okay, what are the sheaves? All I could think of was those things of grain. And then as I looked into the word sheaves, it actually means this. It is the divine provision for the people of God. I started to study that scripture. It just got me something in it, just, just that precious seed, just something for me was connected to this little white building on the foundations that... God is wanting to purify his church. He's wanting to purify me. He's looking for more. He's looking for deeper. So what does this mean? It simply means this. I felt God say, you've given your good. And you've given so much of your great. And sometimes you've given your absolute best. And sometimes you've given average. I was reminded of the scripture. The perfect word of God is is there is there. There is the good, there's acceptable, and then there's the 
perfect will of God. I think it's in Romans. Is that right? Yeah, thanks. Am I doing good, Ross? Thanks. You're not shouting out or anything. Oh, good. You should be taking notes. So there's a good seed, there's acceptable seed, but then there's a perfect. And I felt God say, you've given your good, you've given average, you've, you've served, you've done all this. But Kath, now I want you to give your precious. And I just sat and I was just like, what's precious to me? And instantly there was three things that came to my mind. And I'm not going to share them with you because they're actually very personal to me. And if I did share with you, some of you might go, oh, that's precious to you. That's not precious to me. I could give that away easy. That's not a problem. So I'm not going to share my heart of like just major things that, were, that God was targeting about the foundations of my life. But there was three things that just came bam, bam, bam. All of them were very, very valuable and precious and important to me. And he felt, I felt him say, I want you to release them. Your precious seed. Oh, that's hard. And as you start to think about releasing your precious seed, then you start to have the arguments with God. Oh, this isn't really what you were talking to me about. It was just a little white building. (laughs) The church is under construction. No, it's God, you're not really talking to me about that, are you? I even remember having a conversation with my husband and it was actually regarding finances. And I'm like, we give, right? We 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 tithe. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and we give above that. Hey, we're really generous because there was a part, this is where God was targeting an area in my life. And he's like, yes, we do. And I actually rang him straight away after this revelation. And he, he's like, why, babe? What are you asking me? These like, weird questions, random questions. Like, oh, no, just wondering. And I'm like, we're really generous as a couple, hey? And he's like, yeah, I think we're pretty generous. Why? And I'm like, and in the back of my head, all I could hear was there's a good, there's the average, there's a great, there, I want you precious. I was like, Ugh. and God was demanding my finances. God was demanding other things for me that were not even, re- not even about finances, but it was releasing something that I had to release so that God could do the miraculous. And as it left my hands, And as I have looked into Scripture, I have found it to be a promise that if you can catch it, it will revolutionize your life and it will change your walk with God and it will set the foundations of your life to be something that is so miraculous and so secure and so foundational in someone that has got more more ability with your stuff, with your whether it's emotions, whether it's a person, whether it's your finances, whether it's a house, whether it's your clothing, whether it's whatever it is that's precious to you, when it releases from my fingertips, the miraculous can take place. And I can tell you, there I am a living testimony of this. And so it is in the Word of God. And let me just give you a couple of examples before we close. And the number one is this, is the story of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of, we know Joseph, and all of us know, you don't have to be a scholar or a theologian to know the story of Joseph. And Joseph, his brothers betrayed him, and he gets sold, and he ends up becoming, going to Egypt, and 
God watches out for him and he keeps his heart pure. And Joseph's amazing. We all love Joseph. We all want to be a Joseph. And he ends up being the governor of Egypt and doing his thing. Meanwhile, back at home, the brothers are still there. There's a famine in the land. And so what does Jacob the father say to the sons? I want you to go and ask Joseph to, um, not Joseph, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to ask for food because there's a famine in the land. Here, take a gift and release that gift into the the hands of the Egyptians and maybe we will get help. Maybe we will they will help us. And so the brothers go, Yep, that's great. So off they went and we all know the story. They bowed down to the governor of Egypt and at that was Joseph. But Joseph didn't reveal his identity and Joseph looked at them and re- realized that they were his brothers. And so imagine the compassion, imagine the anger, imagine all the emotions that he must have felt at that time. But he had compassion on them and he gave them a bag of corn and he said Wonderful, take this back to your father. Can I ask you a question? And they went, sure, of course. Is there any other brothers? Do you have any other brothers? And they kind of looked at each other. I said, yes, we do. There's one other. His name is Benjamin. Well, next time you come, I want you to bring Benjamin. So the brothers went, okay. So they took their bag of corn. They were blessed with the food. And off they go back to Jacob. Jacob sees them coming and he goes, yes, we've got a bag of corn. This is all very good. And so they unload. And then the brothers say to him, we can go back and we actually can get more food. And this governor of Egypt actually said to us, but next time we go back, can we take Benjamin? And Jacob starts, and I love this in Scripture because it so coincides. Like Scripture is amazing when you start to study it. Because it coincides because Jacob weeps. That's what it said. Jacob weeps at the thought of sending his son because Benjamin was his favorite son. You can have all the other brothers. Great. How would the other brothers feel? But I've already lost Joseph and I've deliberately kept Benjamin back here with me. Why? Because he has my heart. There's, we've got a connection. I love Benjamin. He's the youngest. I don't want to send him. Why can't you just take all the other? Why is the governor of Egypt, uh, Jacob having no clue that it was Joseph who was asking, had no idea. And there is the construction site on the front door right there. There in that moment, you come to a spiritual intersection where Jacob had to make a decision. Do I release my most precious? Or do I keep him to myself? And as the scripture said, they that sow in tears, and he released Benjamin. And how powerful, because God moved. Benjamin goes with the brothers. They face Joseph again. Joseph sees his youngest brother, Benjamin, and he reveals his identity. And then the story says this, Joseph said, get the wagons, get the chariots, not just one bag of corn. I'm going to give, we are going home. I'm going to see my father. And they loaded up the chariots. They loaded up the horses. They loaded up. Jacob's at home, probably grieving at the loss of his son and the loss of his other son, Joseph, thinking, what are they going to do to him? Why would they want? Why did I have to release Benjamin? Why are you putting me in this position, God? Probably wrestling with him. And then as he looks up in the horizon, he sees wagons coming. And as he looks, he sees not only all of the brothers, but he sees Benjamin. And lo and behold, who else is on that chariot? 
It's his other son, Joseph. God restored the entire family back together because a father could release his most precious. And as he released him, God could perform a miracle. And a miracle took place. Can I ask you a question tonight? Are you tired of your one bag of corn? Are you tired of just living the good, the great, maybe just the average? Happy with my foundations. Don't poke me. Don't, don't ask of me what I don't feel like I can give. But you know what? There's more than a bag of corn for us as believers. There is more that God wants us to have, but there's obedience that has to come with that. And obedience requires a releasing. It requires giving something away that I know is so much safer in the hands of Almighty God. And I can trust that he'll do something with them. Just as I'm about to close, there's a story of a man who didn't give and his name was Nabal. And David and his men were camped outside a city and inside the city was Nabal, who was a very, very wealthy, powerful man. He was married to a beautiful, godly woman called Abigail. And Nabal was having a party, and as he did, he partied all the time, and he'd kill the sheep and slaughter the cows and do what he had to do, and they'd have this big, massive party. And David knew that this party was about to happen, and so he said, you know, we've protected this city. We've been camping outside the city. Why don't we go in? And he sent a, a, a man in, a servant in, to say to Nabal, can we join in your party? You you know, we've, we've not plundered your city. We could have, but we didn't. And so a servant went to Nabal and said, can we partake in your party? You're going to celebrate and there's a party going on and David and all of us would like to be a part of it and celebrate with you. And this was Nabal's response. In, you'll find the story in 1 Samuel 25 and in verse 11 it says this, Nabal said to the servant, who does he think he is? Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where. Whoa. Someone who is so self-consumed with all of his possessions and all of my hard work, six times you read the word my and I in that one sentence of his response when he was asked, would you give? Why should I do that? It's my hard work. It's my cows. It's my people. It's my stuff. Why should I release anything? And you know what's crazy about this story? And again, it just enforces a biblical principle about when we withhold and we, and we don't, don't allow our um, selfishness to get under control that we would be givers is this. Nabal went home and a servant heard and the servant went to Abigail, go the women. And Abigail, when she heard what her husband had said, acted hastily. She loved God. I could imagine her talking to her father saying, I can't believe what Nabal just said. And it's about David. And this is what she said, verse 18, Abigail wasted no time. You see, the pressure was put on her and she acted immediately. She didn't argue. She didn't put it off to the side. 
She wasted no time. She acted quickly. She made haste. She hurried in every version. That's what it says. And this is what Abigail did. She grabbed a donkey. She grabbed 200 loaves of bread. She grabbed two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, bushels of grain, a hundred clusters of raisin, 200 fig case. And she jumped on her donkey and she left to find David and she found David and she got off her donkey and she bowed before him and she apologized for her her husband's behaviour. Whoa. She said, I'm sorry. Here, take my most precious things. Can I give this to you, David? And he looked at her and he was like, woman, wow. That one act brought about the miraculous. Because what happened was David softened. And when he was going to go and attack the men because of Nabal's response, he softened in his heart and he said, no, I won't attack. But you know what happened? Nabal was home getting drunk. Abigail returned home to a drunk husband. And when he awoke from his stupor, he had a heart attack and died. Go the women. (laughs) Watch out, men. (laughs) Powerful story. Again, all coming back to what will you allow to be released from your hand. Ross talked this morning, and I got another revelation as he was preaching about what do you want? It's my question to you tonight as well. What do you want? Do you want to be the person that God has called you to be? Do you trust him enough to release what's most precious to you? For some of you, you it might be releasing a child, releasing a daughter, releasing a son, where you've been holding on so tight, trying to control the situation, trying to make it work. It's not just about finances, it's about your heart. It's about where is my heart connected? For others of you, it's about a child maybe that you've lost. It was actually your most precious was taken from you and you've got questions to God. Why would this happen to me? Why would you take something that I was so excited about. But you see, as you release it, there's a beautiful scripture. And what is precious to God are your tears. They that sow in tears. And sometimes we don't understand what life brings about, but what we can understand is that every single tear that you have cried, God has a bottle and he holds that bottle everything, every time you cry. And those tears are stored in a beautiful mansion in the pool room of heaven. Psalm 56 verse 8, you have collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. It's scriptural. So it's hard sometimes to sow what's precious to us. And for others, maybe a husband's walked out and you or a wife has walked out and it's left you lonely and abandoned and and wanting to know. You know what? Those that sow in tears, every single tear. Yes, there might have been a release that you didn't want to release. You didn't want to let it go. But God is saying tonight, if you just let it go, if you allow the tears, if you allow me to catch every single one of those tears, and if you place it in the hands of your Father, He can then turn what was painful into the miraculous. Jacob cried tears releasing his son. God turned it around into the miraculous. Rich Rangrula, Ross was talking about this morning, had everything, a wealthy man, and went to Jesus. What must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? 
And as Ross was sharing that this morning about what do you want, I thought, wow, God. I remember nudging Rach and just saying, what would have happened to that rich young ruler? Because what happened was Jesus said, I want you to sell everything you own. You see, his possessions were his most precious seed. And when the, t- when the target came, can you deal with that? Can you release your possessions? Nah. And he walked away. He walked away from his salvation. He walked, where, 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 what happened to that rich young ruler? Were his possessions that great that he actually put his hand up to his salvation, to his saviour, to the father? And he did. And I wonder sometimes in my life how many times I've done the same thing. When God nudges, do I just put the walls up? Happy with the foundations the way they are? Or am I willing to go, yep, it's another thing, God. I'll cry about it. I can just see God so many times. There goes Kathy again. Grab the bottle, more tears. <laughs> Take him to the pool room. There's Kathy's tears. There's a wall of them. <laughs> Every single one has been recorded. So as humans, we don't often see each other cry because we don't like to cry in front of other people. But let me tell you, there's a father who has seen every single tear and they are priceless to him. So they'll never be wasted. But my question to you tonight is, can you release it? You know, God ultimately gave his son. He released his most precious seed to walk on the face of this earth. How hard must that have been? And Jesus walked on this planet and he healed the sick and he confronted us as weak, immature human beings that grab and hold on to our stuff so tightly, grab and hold on to our relationships sometimes too tightly, grab and hold on to our marriages sometimes and trying to control them and keep. And sometimes I just think he looks at us and he goes, just release it. Come back into my presence. Read the word of God. When you can't hear God speak, read God. So many times people have said to me, I can't hear God in this situation that I'm in. And if you can't hear God, then read God. Pick up your Bible because let me tell you, as you read God, He will speak to you through His Word. That's why the Bible is here. That's why the power of journaling is so important. As I look back over years of my journaling, I see where God has magically just weaved just so much into my life that I would never have been that person hadn't have been, had it have been for the power of his word and the power of relationship with Jesus. The Bible is full of these stories about people releasing their most precious things. It started with Abraham. David, when he was fighting Goliath, Abraham, um, Abraham was going to be the father of nations and God said, well, will you, will you release Isaac? Will you give him to me? Wow. What did Abraham, he came, was confronted, spiritual roadblock, spiritual intersection, what do I do? He gave. Dave, I love the story of David with fighting Goliath, his enemy. Again, the same thing. Saul was just like, okay, if you reckon you can do it, David, if you reckon you can go out, Goliath standing there, a big, massive giant, literally torturing the, the, the people and torturing David with ridicule and sarcasm and bullying. And David standing there going, I reckon I can do it. I reckon I can fight this guy. So what does Saul do? Give David his most precious. 
So it goes here, put on my armour. If you're going to go out there, put my armour on so that you'll be okay. So what does David do? Puts the armour on, he obeys. But it wasn't precious to David. It was what was precious to Saul, but not to David. And David had to take that armour off and he said, you know what, that's not precious to me, but can I tell you what is the most precious thing to me are these little stones in a sling. And you know what, I remember fighting lions and fighting bears with these five little stones and with my sling and I'm a warrior at heart and I know that I've been tested in my, the trials and, and, and I'm going to become pure and God is about to just do something amazing, I know, but can I trust Him? Can I release my most precious things? Because there's a little hole in Goliath's helmet and I can see it as he's torturing me with his mouth right now and in that little hole in his helmet, I reckon if I was to... To, to swing my sling with my stone, I reckon I could get right into that little hole and I reckon I could take this guy down. God, will you be with me? Just do what you've always done. I've got this, David. Take what's precious to you and release it. And David walked up to Goliath. And as he picked up that stone, I'm sure he was like, God, you better be with me. Everybody's watching me. This is terrifying. But he, in that sling, bam, right in that little hole in that helmet and down came a giant. From that, David became on, went on a journey of the miraculous. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, again, they that sow in tears, weeping, God, do I have to take my life? God, do I have to die on this cross? God, why are you doing this to me? Is there any way out of this? sowing in in tears and God said no I want you to release your life and because he released his life and died an agonizing death do you know what there are sons and daughters in all over the world today because the miraculous came when someone released what was important to them you know tonight Jesus wants to have relationship with you he wants your little white church to have a lush, green foundation that is built on incredible trust with Him. And when He nudges you, why don't you be an Abigail? Act quickly, act hastily, and allow God to do all He needs to do in our life tonight. I believe tonight that He's wanting to... Would you actually just stand with me for a moment? And I just want to pray... Because I know in this auditorium there would be people here that you're like, Kathy, you're talking about this relationship with Jesus. It sounds really personal. And yeah, it is. It's really personal. And it's the most beautiful relationship that I think I've ever had in my entire life. And sad to say that it's only been in the last probably two, three years that it's gone to a new depth a new revelation. And that's the power of God. That's the power of walking with Jesus on a daily basis is that He wants to take you on a journey that goes deeper and is so much more rewarding than anything the world can offer. I believe there's some young adults that are in this place tonight and you've actually been challenged. You are, you have made a decision to follow Jesus, but even now you've been challenged in, you've been highlighted in your spirit and in your heart what's been precious to you. Can you give it up? Can you release it tonight into your Father's hands? Can you let it go? Can you trust that as it leaves your fingerprints, 
It goes into the fingerprints of a father who created you that looks upon your life and sees as he does with Job the way that you take every single day and he wants to bring about the blessing of God upon your life. He wants to bring about the miraculous, but he's just saying, will you let it go? Could be a relationship. Could be a child. Could be an event that happened that caused many, many tears. Whatever that is. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if that is you, I just want you to just raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, tonight, I want to release my most precious to you. I want to release the things that are of high value. I want to place them in your hands tonight. And I've realized that I haven't. For some of you, it's a new journey. It's actually saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And your prayer is simply that, Jesus, I want to give you my life tonight. I want to start the journey. And the most precious thing that I've got at the moment is me. It's my life. My life is everything to me. And I'm so self-centered and I walk in in self-centeredness every single day. But you've got a higher call for me, a much more rewarding call for me, and a place of safety where I can go, where I can talk to you and release the things that are bothering me, the things that weigh me down, the anxiety, the depression, the fear of my future. What have you got for me? Is there anything for me at all? So many questions, so many thoughts that race through our head on a daily basis. And right now, there's such a strong presence of God, and I just know He wants to move. I know He wants to speak to your heart tonight, and I know He's speaking to hearts right now. So very quickly, firstly, I just believe that there's a group of people, and if you just want to say yes to walking with Jesus, I want to give my life to you. Would you just raise your hand with me tonight and say, I want a fresh start. I want everything that you've got for me, Father. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I also believe there is another group of people and you have been challenged to just release, to let go of things that you've been trying to so hard keep in control. And I just want to say and pray a simple prayer over you tonight. Would you raise your hand? If you just raise your hands to heaven, it's between you and Jesus. Just say, God, I'm just willing for you to take the foundations of my life. Right now, I'm willing for you to move over my life. And as I release, as I release these things into your hands tonight, I see those hands why don't you continue? Just in, in, as I continue to pray, I just want you to actually verbally confess. What are those things for you? Just release it. There's so much power in the confession of our mouth. Father, I release it into your hands tonight. They are so much more capable than me. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray your Holy Spirit just to walk down the aisles of every single person, to touch hearts tonight, to change us, Lord. We're not meant to stay the same. We're meant to be on a journey till the day that we enter heaven. And we see you face to face and what an amazing day that's going to be. But until then, Father, you've got work to do in each and every one of us. Father, tonight I pray as we release those things. I pray tonight, Father, as we give them into your capable hands. 
as we just release the most precious things in our life into your hands that are way more capable than our hands. Let your anointing come right now. Let your peace come right now. Let the goodness of God come right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.